Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Anachronismo! I'm Max. I'm Noel. And I'm Jackie. And we're the historical podcast that looks at weird history and makes jokes about it. We are trying out something new this week, which is, instead of all three of us bringing in a story, only two of us will. We're going to be trying this for a little while, for here on out. And this is to give us more time to really prepare our historical stories so that they're as high quality as we can make them. We found that when all three of us were doing it, we tended to have one person falling behind here or there. It was usually me. And we think that by having just two of us bring in things, we're going to have more time for our research, more time for our jokes, and more time for ourselves because we put a lot of work in and we want to have you see it. And we think that by doing it this way, you're really going to see a big improvement in our quality. I'm going to be sitting this week out. I'm going to be talking about Charles Hatfield. He didn't like the term rainmaker. He preferred to be called the moisture accelerator. My topic will be how the wreckage of the Titanic was found and its ties to the Cold War. Ooh, a cold, icy ship and a cold, icy war. Before I jump into the Charles Hatfield story, though, I do have some... Fun history trivia question for the two of you. Ooh, okay. And it's not related to rainmaking at all. Uh-huh. But sure it isn't. Uh, what do the following three have in common? Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein, okay. and Elmo from Sesame Street. All Muppets. They all get their costumes from the same costume maker. All three of them, instead of regular eyes, have googly eyes. They all have appeared on PBS. I think that one's true. I think that's the one. I think they all appeared on PBS. Although I will give Jackie that is probably the closest and that is the only reasonable one. The actual answer is that they all were gifted the key to the city of Detroit. (laughs) 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 Elmo's noodly arms that cannot actually lift anything. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder. I mean, it's fine. He got the it's fine. City. He got the city. I don't know. What he's gonna unlock. He's already got the key to everyone's hearts. That's true. And then Saddam Hussein just chuckling evilly as he takes it. Saddam Hussein, like that one was that was the strangest one because he just apparently donated a lot of money to a local church and they gave him the key to the city, like in hmm. the early eighties. To Saddam Hussein for teaching our children to smile again, and to Elmo for being a sadistic dictator. <laughs> Today's letter is brought to you by. Propaganda news channel. There is only the letter A. A. A is for all letters. <laughs> Hooray! That dissident Muppet was thrown in a jail. Elmo, never see sunlight. That's really good. Elmo, try banana cream pie. Now Elmo, only eat bugs. Yum, 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 yum. B is for bug. No, it's A. Get out of here, Elmo. That's them rattling the cage with, with a nightstick. Noel's gesturing for me to continue. <laughs> I'm, like, very excited. He's to... making, a, making a stretching motion. I'm very excited to hear your Elmo impression. But I kind of want it to end. <laughs> Elmo, go back in solitary now. <laughs> That's where you belong to be. Yeah! <laughs> oh, 
should do that sometime. <laughs> I did not know that you could do an Elmo impression. We can have a Kermit and Elmo anachronismo where Jackie tries to see how long Jackie can go without tearing out her hair. <laughs> <laughs> not that long. Fun fact, already started. So, <clears throat> Charles Hatfield was a sewing salesman with Quaker parents that his real true call to fame began in the early 20th century where he started to get into movie culture, which is the pseudoscience of making rain. Mm. And so his theory about it, now it doesn't establish whether he genuinely believed in what he was doing or if he was just kind of a con artist, but he had a secret chemical mixture of 23... Herbs and spices. I know, it's twice as the amount of the Colonel's recipe. That's why it's twice as good. And it supposedly went all mixed together and released into the atmosphere. It could produce rain. It's just oh. saliva of people excited to eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> They're drooling so hard that it evaporates off their tongues and falls back down again. Yep. Well, that's one way to replenish the water table. He said, I do not make rain. That would be an absurd claim. I simply attract clouds, and they do the rest. So he dresses up like a sexy lady cloud. Yeah, boys! And they all come a-running. And the clouds are just talking, Ah, that cloud over there looks like a, a real gam, a real leg sticking out there. Let's go over there and rain. And it's just him on top of a ladder covered in, like, cotton balls with stockings. There goes a great man. <laughs> Talk about a moisture accelerator. So he put the sewing salesman business aside beginning in 1902 where he would mix these chemicals into tanks and then he would burn the chemical mixture from atop a tower. Supposedly, this would draw in the clouds that would then make the rain. And then the civilians would make it rain by throwing money at him for his services. Although that was not a phrase at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it was C-O-R, like cash on rain was the payment, <laughs> or if it's pay in advance. I assume advance, so he could skedaddle and rain No, that's come. the thing. He actually got paid afterwards. He didn't get paid in advance huh. for any of it. So that's why I don't know if he actually genuinely believed he was attracting clouds. There's theories that he was just probably a hobbyist, like a meteorologist, and he just happened to study weather patterns and was like, all right, it's going to rain eventually. I just have to show up in a drought area before it rains and then be like, I'll make it rain for you over a period of time. Suckers. Um, <laughs> did this ever turn into like a Pied Piper situation? Wait, I think I've heard this story before. and I think it might. It does, actually. <laughs> just tons of drowned rats <laughs> blowing through the city streets. I was thinking he was just catapulting big catapults full of rats into the sky, into a nearby cloud. So that they came back down like, ah, it's raining rats. <laughs> a plague, a plague upon us for not paying him in advance. <laughs> and then they end up paying him and he's like, oh God, turn off the rat catapults. Turn them off, they paid. <laughs> the ratapults will continue operation. <laughs> That's what they actually should refer to those black plague catapults that they would. Use. I think you have that as your yeah, story yeah, yeah, about the, how they laid the siege. Mongol plague catapult. Well, they didn't. Yeah. They catapulted dead bodies, not rats. But, so it wasn't ratapults. Yeah, but that should be the term for it. The great ratapult story. That's true. I'll go back and I'll edit in me saying ratapult every time I say catapult. Or dead bodapult. Dead bodapult's also dead very bodapult. good. Corpsapult. Corpsapult. I like that. It's shorter. Deadapult. Deadapult. 
Deadpult. Ah, but there's some copyright infringement with the popular comic and movie franchise with that. But if it's a Deadpult, you can send rats or people over. That's true. Anything dead. Anything that is not alive, I could send. Everything dead catapulted here. (laughs) So, in 1904, he got a PR manager who started putting out advertisements, mostly in California. And so ranchers would see this, and Hatfield got promised like $50 if he could reign in like some localized area. Mm -hmm. So, what he and his brother would do is they would set up a large tower... And just burn the chemicals at the top into the air, probably assuring the premature deaths of everyone in that vicinity. (laughs) And it actually then rained. I couldn't get the exact time period if it was that within that week or so. But the ranchers paid him $100 because they were so happy that he had apparently made it rain. Oh, This was directly from the Wikipedia, but Weather Bureau reports stated that the rain had been a small part of a storm that was already coming, but Hatfield supporters disregarded it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a classic move. He went into another section of Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and he promised 18 inches of rain over a five-month period. That's so much rain. And it worked, and he collected $1,000 for it. The, one of his only failures here was that he was invited to, to bring rain to the Yukon Territory, to some of the mines up there, and he was not successful. But he did not collect in advance. He was offered 10000 but he only left with like collecting for personal expenses, hmm. which was not even close to 10000 So, yeah, I don't know. Hatfield's biggest opportunity came in 1915. San Diego, which was going through a drought, wanted to give him another, I think, $10,000 contract to fill up their reservoir. I tried to find more information about this group, but apparently the city council was pressured by this other group in San Diego called the San Diego Wide Awake Improvement Club. (laughs) And I searched for them, and I can only find reference to them in the context of this story. But I want to look them up. Maybe this is where woke came from. I don't know. To me, they sound like Polyphonic Spree or some other kind of like huge bands jingly bells and xylophones violins like 30 people playing these ultra complex just songs. staking out the city council members houses and just playing through the night <laughs> we're the wide awake society and we hate sleep rain helps you sleep ergo we are against it but this was a, the crazy part of this though hatfield promised that he would produce the rain for free he would only charge a thousand per inch if the water level got between forty and fifty inches, and then everything above fifty inches would be free too. Hmm. So that was the terms of his contract. That's a okay. I know, right? This guy is so. Did, weird. That's so. Did he think specific. he was accidentally gonna like bring a ton of rain and like destroy the city, and was like, "Oh, that's for free. Goodbye, guys. Bye." I think that was probably his thinking. Like, well, if I overegg the pudding, I don't want to be the guy who charges a million dollars for flooding the land. Funny, you should talk about destroying the city with too much rain. <laughs> this is that the story. Is I remember exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, I have predictive powers on this, so uh, this one. <laughs> he never got a written contract, but he just got a promise that this would be done. And so they set up their tower, they burned off all the chemicals, and then it began to rain, like right into the new year. And it rained for, let's see, something like 20 days or so. The reservoir filled up and then flooded. 
at least 20 people died. Some oh. accounts of up to 50 people died. $3.5 million in damage to the city. Oh. And he said, like, well... I fulfilled my end of the bargain. I didn't <laughs> fill up the reservoir between 40 to 50 inches, so pay me the $10,000. And the city, well, he said that they hadn't made adequate preparations for a potential flood because such were his powers of moisture acceleration. Mm-hmm. It's um, not my fault that you weren't prepared for how good I am at making it rain. Yeah, I mean, that's really his argument. That it was just like, I, it's like... I can't be held accountable for you not being prepared to deal with how good I am. You know my strength. (laughs) I have made it rain. Pray I do not make it rain again. Yeah, so the city council wouldn't pay him. They didn't have a written agreement. And um, the reason that they didn't is because if the city council had paid the contract, they would have assumed liability, like total liability for the $3.5 million of damage. Mm -hmm. And so they claimed that it was an act of God. And they said they would only pay Hatfield if he assumed responsibility for the $3.5 million (laughs) in damage. And so Hatfield went back up on his tower and started mixing together chemicals for his revenge and made it so that it would never rain there again. And it never did. And that's where the Great Mojave Desert came from. And the Dust Bowl. I kind of wish that the city had refused to make a contract on, like, really shady grounds because they knew they didn't want to pay him for his services. They were just like, oh, it's no use writing up a contract because the rain is just going to wash the ink away. And then, oh, because we know you're so good. It's not worth it to have a paper that says stuff. We'll deal with it later. Just, like, go back up on your tower. It's a handshake bargain. No contract necessary. Can't wash away a handshake. Well, you know, the council did vote four to one about this uh, informal agreement. So I really want to know what the last that one person's opinion was. He's probably just like, look, what if what if he decides to destroy us with his powers? This man is clearly some sort of wizard. Yeah, he's the one against just because he wanted to give him a written contract. (laughs) No, we need to do this. I'm afraid. <laughs> he has a contract. He has our names written down. That means he can steal our souls and send them into the clouds to be made into rain. That's where my grandpappy always told me rain came from. The souls of men who broke their deals. That's why I always carry around this lucky rabbit's foot. So I don't get turned into rain in Spain and fall mainly on the plain. I've got an idea for a tongue twister. By this time, the crowd had cleared away. (laughs) Hatfield took the city of San Diego to court for getting not even paid 10,000. He was going to settle for 4,000 for 20 years until a court finally ruled that it was an act of God and he couldn't accept payment. But they tried to give him the upside that he also couldn't expect to be liable for millions upon millions of dollars in damage. Which I think is a fair trade. Yeah, that seems fair to me. Because that 10000 is going to get eaten immediately by that $3.5 million. Yes. In 1920s dollars. I still feel like it's the city's responsibility to pay for the damage. It's just, the thought shouldn't have even been that he would have been liable for the damage. The city asked him to do this. It's crazy that they believed that this apparently would work. Or at the very least, they're like, well... If it doesn't work, we're not at anything. If it does work, we're at, like, what, 10000 bucks, And that 10 inches... That's going to keep a lot of people hydrated. So other things that Hatfield did after his unsuccessful, well, I mean, 
somewhat successful. I would say overly successful San Diego excursion. Some other things, he got a contract in Honduras to try to stop a forest fire in the 1920s. I did not find out if that was successful or not. <laughs> Strangely enough, though, during the Depression, there was no money for rain, and so he had to go back to his sewing machine sales business, which I can't expect was booming either. I mean, people but, always need to sew. That's true. Clothes gotta come from somewhere, Noel. They're not all extruded out from one end of a silkworm. We can't all afford silkworm pants. Well, man, you could sew by hand. <laughs> Instead of having them extruded onto you by a silkworm every morning? Yeah, I know. That's why sewing machines are always necessary. You know, you know not all of us can afford to have custom, bespoke pants extruded onto us by tens of thousands of silkworms on an intricate lattice around our body. And that was the cause of the Great Depression. <laughs> the silk pantsworm industry is never going under. These mulberry trees will always have enough water, and they'll never be flooded. So yeah, that was kind of the end of Hatfield's rain-making adventures, or sorry, moisture-accelerating adventures. But funnily enough, two years before his death, he was invited to the 1956 premiere of the movie The Rainmaker, which is actually based loosely on his life. Hmm. Burt Lancaster and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah! Yeah! Are they, they're Western stars, aren't they? Are they not? No. No. Wow, I'm Bert Lancaster. Wow. Howdy, who I'm Catherine Hepburn. I'm known for my smoldering guns, not my smoldering good looks. Yeah, pew 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 pew. There goes Catherine Hepburn, the greatest gunslinger the West has ever seen. Breakfast at Tiffany's is about a gunfight. Was that Catherine Hepburn? That's yes. her daughter. Oh, oh Audrey right. Hepburn. <laughs> pew 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 pew. So yeah, then uh, Charles Hatfield died. And he uh, took his 23 herb and spice recipe to the grave with him. So, Did his brother have any uh, moisture accumulating powers? Accelerating powers? It just sounded like he just worked with him on the whole tower construction. Or it was his brother that really brings the clouds. And Hatfield just, just keeps tricking him up to the top of towers because his brother refuses to use his powers. And that the 23 chemicals are just like a really delicious breakfast <laughs> that he can't <laughs> say no to. He climbs on top of the tower like, where is it? What are those 23 pancakes with the 23 syrups? <laughs> Tricked you again, Paul. Now I'm going to squeeze the rain out of you like I did when we were boys. No! No, please! He starts twisting his arm and just starts <laughs> ripping. Oh, no! I promised I don't never use this again. I promised! You promised me! I didn't promise anything. Oh, damn these delicious pancakes. Curse you! Curse you, Charles! <laughs> You've really made the uh, dressing up as a sexy cloud much more of a possibility. <laughs> I mean, I did predict the whole going on top of a ladder to do this. So maybe he dressed Paul up like a sexy cloud and then he started playing like a sexy saxophone behind his brother dressed up as a sexy cloud. People see them doing that and they're like, are you sure this is not it? And the, it's not the 23 chemicals? It's like, no, 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 the chemicals are real. These guys are just <laughs> super weird uh, that's their personal thing this is how they get psyched up for the 23 chemicals quakers am i right <laughs> no one gets them and they're delicious oats i just imagine that there's um some rule against dressing up as a sexy cloud so they have to build the platform high enough to be out of the laws of town the laws of a city only extend 30 feet off the ground. Because this was before skyscrapers were a thing. Yeah. So yeah. what's the tallest building? Like four stories four at stories. this point? Yeah. 
stories. Anything above four stories, anything goes. There's no laws in the sky. You don't have air rights yeah, in the city. Yeah, exactly. This is well before commercial air travel. The Wright brothers are just a distant dream. This was 1915. Oh. That the San Diego thing happened. So it started in 1902, but that was okay. right around the time they were oh. testing out like their first plane prototypes. So soon it's going to be a battle between the Hatfields and the Wrights, and it's going to turn into this big old family feud where dozens of people get killed over the course of generations. Keep striking planes with lightning. There is actually a process that they've tried to actually induce clouds to rain by releasing some chemical. I think it forms like ice crystals. do wonder what would happen if they... uh... My comment, I guess, was that the Wright brothers, I think, in their... And inventing the airplane actually contributed much more to the idea of, like, inducing rain and, like, cloud seeding than this Hatfield fella ever did with his weird burning chemicals. And his flim-flam and hullabaloo. And he died. From chemicals? No. Of natural causes at, at an old age? Hit yeah. by lightning while dressed up as a cloud? It was a good guess, but... <laughs> over, over vigorous cloud f- You're gonna keep that up? <laughs> <laughs> No, not, not, not now that you've asked me if I will. <laughs> you can just cut out my question. Nah. Fine, he just died from regular vigorous clouds. <laughs> <laughs> the usual amount. The usual amount, but he's getting older. Cloud STDs, yeah. Just in a hotel room with a cumulus cloud, and another cloud comes in. He's like, no, stratocumulus, it's not what it looks like, babe. I'm so sorry. It was just, they were closer, cumulus was closer to me in the atmosphere, and... I saw it, and it saw me, and you were just so much higher. Anyway, that's the end of Charles Hatfield. Died. Great. That's how a lot of stories end. <laughs> he just died. He's just dead now. So that was a lot of water talk. You know what else has water? Jellyfish. The human body. The human spirit. Ghosts. Ghosts are just clouds in the shape of people spooking things. Ooh. Being spooky. Dasani. You're getting closer to the obvious answer I was going for. The movie Tank Girl. I was going for the ocean. Oh, oh. Yeah. I can see where it, yeah. I, I look like a real fool, just like the ocean does. <laughs> Never mind. This, Foolish this, Poseidon. <laughs> this transition didn't work. How do uh, horses connect to the ocean? It makes no sense. It's hoses. You put a hose from the horse to the ocean. You put a hose in a horse, Jackie? Um. And you suck out all the horse moisture? No. You take a horse uh-huh. and you make it hate the pirate's life so that the horse will never say R. Right. You have a hose. You're so pleased with yourself. Now you're making no, the stretch, stretch out your stretch. compliments of me, Max. <laughs> stretch out your praise. <laughs> Give me praise. I live for praise. I need praise. <laughs> and the Jackie Well has run dry on praise. <laughs> You got to go to what? Eight years now? Seven years? Ten Ray. years? <laughs> I don't blame her anymore. Yes. Mm. No jury would find her guilty. <laughs> A certain accident were to happen. Earlier, I walked in on you two in the hallway, and Jackie was riding you like a horse. Well, she beat me up. Yeah. And then beat me to the ground, and then got on top of me and started pulling on my shirt like horse reins. <laughs> Uh, I cannot blame her. So that that last story had a lot of water, and you know what had a lot of water? The place that the wreckage of the Titanic was found. Oh, you mean Lake Ontario? Nope. The Dead Sea? A hockey rink. The North Atlantic Ocean. Oh. Oh. That's the one. 
Uh, the one um, that I gave Noel a book about for his birthday. I didn't read it. It probably had that in there. Oh, I feel like an idiot now. Yeah. Well, your birthday was like last week, so. So the Titanic sunk in 1912. At the time, it was the biggest ship. And it was a big deal because everyone was so excited for this giant ship and lots and lots of people died. It was a tragedy. The boat sunk. Yes. And that's that's where we are. Great, yeah. Uh, if you need more information about the Titanic, please pause this podcast right now. Please rent, not from Netflix, but rent it from a brick-and-mortar video store. The movie Titanic uh, comes on two VHSs because it's three hours long. And just watch that whole thing, and you'll be pretty much up to date on the Titanic. And then come back and press play again. Okay? Ready? Go. Max, we're going to lose all of our listeners because they're not going to be able to find a brick-and-mortar DVD store. Okay, I said VHS, so, oh. you know. Oh, my God, it's even worse. Just go to, like, a, a church rummage sale. You'll like find it. Like an old library? Yeah. You can find it at the library. No problem. Probably not no, the VHS. No, not, the v- not anymore. The library's got rid of their right VHS. Fine, go to Netflix then. Can't get it on VHS. Philistines. There. They only do DVD mailing. They even do that anymore? I think it's on Watch Instantly. Okay. I think they still do the mailing for some people. Yeah, yeah, they still do that. Not VHS, though. No, can't fit a VHS in a tiny envelope. They have to crush it all down and just take the tape out. Anyway, so yeah, that's the Titanic. I hope you enjoyed that movie of the Titanic. So the Titanic sank in 1912, and um, no one had found the wreckage because, you know, the ocean is deep. I'm not going to stretch more about the Titanic. That's all. We just needed to put the idea of the Titanic out there. I don't have anything else to stretch. The story is only tangentially about the Titanic. I don't have more Titanic info. Um, Stretch, Jackie. Oh, my God. The the water was cold. There was an iceberg. One of the smokestacks was actually fake. On the the Titanic? Titanic. Yeah. The the fourth one, I think, was just decorative. Um Because I think it just to, I don't know if it was a weight issue or something, but yeah, the only, one of the, I'm trying, I'm trying to stretch it out, Max. He's giving me a stern look. That's good. It's good. Keep stretching. Please go on. So the Titanic was an object of fascination just because it was a horrible tragedy and it was also a spectacle before that. So people were all very interested in the Titanic. The eyes of the world were watching. Mm -hmm. So U.S. Navy Commander Robert Ballard, he's a marine archaeologist. His job is to look at shipwrecks and learn about them, which is super cool. And he really liked the Titanic, and he was always interested in finding more more about it. So in 1982, he asked the Navy to give him funding to develop a robotic submersible technology that would allow him to see wreckage better. And his idea was that he wanted to use it to go find the Titanic wreckage. And the Navy was like, that seems like a waste of time. We don't need to know about the Titanic. We can't kill people with the Titanic. But there are two submarines that sank in the Atlantic Ocean that we would like to know more about them because one sunk under mysterious circumstances and that one was called the Scorpion. The Scorpion? The Scorpion. That's a cool name for submarine. It is a really cool name for submarine. I like to imagine it also was built to look exactly like a scorpion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish. It's so not hydrodynamic. (laughs) (laughs) And the other was called the Thresher and that one sunk during routine diving tests. Oh, cool. It's the worst way for a submarine to sink. <laughs> You're not even doing something cool. You're just testing your diving. Well, here we go, down we... Oh, and this submarine was not built well. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So he got the grant and he developed this submersible robotic technology. What if they just hit the down switch? Like, because submarines, as we all know, there's one big lever that says up and down for going up and down. And they just, like, accidentally, like, leaned too hard on down. And it went all the way down, hit a rock, and 
And the commander just started going, blub, blub, blub. Commander, why are you doing that? I'm trying to trick the ocean to thinking I'm already in the water. Blub, 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 blub. Sea madness. I've seen it before. Sad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're only like a mile out. So in 1985, the Navy commissioned him to use this technology to find the wrecks of these two submarines. Not only did they want to know more about why they had sunk, but both of these were nuclear reactor submarines. Oh, and shit. one of them had two um, nuclear missiles on board. Oh, shit. So they were like, we kind of want to see if uh, we, you know, destroyed the marine environment by having these sunk submarines with nuclear power on them. Or maybe we found, we, or maybe we mutated some cool fish. I want to see a three-eyed fish. Or maybe a murloc. You know, something, it's like a mermaid, but it's all gross with big old faggot teeth. And I want to know if we made sentient life that we have to deal with. It's maybe building their own reverse submarines to go above the water to attack us. You know, just hypothetically, you know, we have no pre-existing research that shows that this is probably likely to happen. I, a four-star general, want to know. I'm the cool one with the I'm cool ideas. The Navy general. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the Navy general. You've heard of me. So both of these submarines sunk in the 1960s during the Cold War, and that's why they nuclear missiles and whatnot. So Ballard floats the idea. He's like, well, why don't we say that we're looking for the Titanic so we don't draw attention to these nuclear submarines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic Ballard. Classic Ballard. And, um... Ronald Thunman, the deputy chief naval officer for submarine warfare, was like, we really don't need to say what we're doing. This is a secret mission. So we don't. But what if we just said we were searching for the Titanic so that then people don't ask more questions? It's a smokescreen operation. Like what happened when the Titanic sank and all the smokestacks exploded and the fourth one, which is fake, caught fire. So basically, Ronald Thunman got a little tired of Robert Ballard asking about the Titanic. And Robert Thunman said... I was a little short with him. Ronald Thunman, according to Robert Ballard, said, if you do your mission, I really don't care what you do with the rest of your time. <laughs> Fine. Just go look at the Titanic. I don't care anymore. So Ballard never got explicit permission to go looking for the Titanic, but he was like, if I finish my assignment early, I can go look for the Titanic. Oh, uh, like a schoolboy. If I use my computer time to write my essay, I can use the rest of the computer time for video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his rationale, maybe I just don't have a sense of the size of the ocean, but he was like... Ocean big. Ocean is really big. And... <laughs> <laughs> We owe these nothing but the bold statements on anachronism. We're here bringing you the truth at any cost. Ocean big. Oof. So the USS Scorpion, it sunk 750 kilometers southwest of the Azores. And the Thresher sunk about 250 kilometers from Cape Cod. So I feel like it's a stretch for him to be like, the Titanic is right around where I'm looking at these other two wrecks. Between off of Cape Cod and the Azores. <laughs> like, that's humongous. That's a gigantic amount of space. Well, they said the world was bigger back then. In 1985? No, but in 1915. You know, before this modern global communication network that shrank the world, <laughs> so that, you know, we're all living in one big global community. Back then... Ocean bigger. Ocean big. Ocean er. big. Er. Ocean big. Ocean bigger. Now, ocean just big. Maybe ocean move? Maybe ocean does move. Maybe ocean feel. Maybe ocean feel. Maybe ocean love. Ocean feel big. Ocean feel big. Ocean feel big love. 
ocean, ocean polygamist. Ocean wished to be Cloud because saw sexy Cloud. <laughs> ocean want Mary Cloud. Ocean Mormon. Ocean goes Salt Lake City. No one know Ocean. Oh, everyone think Ocean Salt Lake. Ocean Mary Clouds. Ocean love clouds. Ocean big. Ocean big family. Ocean big house. Ocean big. Ocean go Texas. No one think ocean. Everyone think lake. Because everything big Texas. Ocean big. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time Navy Commander Ballard finished his mission and he used his submersive robotic technology to view these submarine shipwrecks. Nope. Submarine wrecks. Submarine wrecks. Submarine wrecks. Submarines. He only had 12 days left. Wreck marines. He only had 12 days left to find the shipwreck of the Titanic. And he used historical records of where it may have sunk, as well as where the lifeboats were found, to calculate the debris field of the ship, to kind of predict where various things from the ship would have ended up on the seafloor. And it worked. Um, He found it using those calculations, which he had also used for finding more precisely where those subwrecks were. Yeah, so he found it. That was very exciting for him. Hooray! And it brought a lot of publicity. Everyone's interested. Everyone find Titanic. Titanic big. Ocean big. Ocean big. Big Titanic big ocean. Find Titanic in ocean. Big news. Big excitement. Everything big. And the Navy was really nervous about it because there was so much publicity. They were like, are they going to ask about these uh, nuclear submarines that are still in the ocean? Well, uh, part of the report that old James Cameron in here to make a movie so that we can take attention away from, from the sound of my voice. <laughs> That's me, the slow talking general i don't like people talking about my voice but everyone was so excited about the titanic that no one even bothered to ask why they were out there in the first place like why why is the u.s navy looking for the titanic why u.s navy look for titanic 60 years later so that that's about it no one connected the dots about the nuclear submarines well i'll give you an update on the submarines they didn't find any Damage to the marine life or the marine environment. So no murlocs, huh? No murlocs. See, look, there's no life here at all. (laughs) They luckily avoided this dangerous nuclear sub. Looks like all of these fish skeletons scared them away. How lucky that this nuclear sub landed in a place full of fish skeletons. (laughs) Wow, look at all of these four-armed sailors. I didn't know that sailors back then in the 60s had four arms. Makes sense, though. They had to climb a lot of decks really fast. Wow. Wow. Those brave four-armed sailors on this nuclear sub. You know, they say forewarned is forearmed, but it doesn't work the other way around. So that's why the Titanic sank, because they... Not enough four-armed people on the Four-armed isn't forewarned, they couldn't tell. No, you need the four-eyed sailors for that, because that way they foresee what'll happen. Oh. Ah. Ocean big. (laughs) So there were rumors that the Scorpion submarine had been shot down by the Soviets. So part of the mission was to figure out what actually sunk the Scorpion, and they didn't find any external damage to it they think there was some sort of piping issue that flooded one end of the scorpion and then it started to sink because one end was filling up with water one end was a a scorpion tail that was full of venom 
and it just it's not buoyant. Just made it go down, yeah. and then the rest of it imploded due to pressure. So that's a sad way to go, but they yeah. weren't shot by the Soviets. So that's good. Hooray. Yeah, because the theory was that it was shot for retaliation from spying. Hooray. Allard's mission said that didn't happen. It Hooray. was just some, faulty tech. Some faulty tech. Faulty tech. Faulty tech. Lives are lost because faulty tech. It's but. our fault. It's our fault. And the Thresher also had a it's our fault kind of thing. So they found that the reason that the Thresher sunk was that it had a power failure and the uh, nuclear power collapsed. And that's what caused it to sink because it was already at its lowest test diving depth and then the power stopped working. So it just sank, sank from there and 129 people died. Oh, that's sad. And that's is one of the highest uh, numbers of people to die in a submarine. And on that positive note oh wait no no we we can put a real positive note Hooray. so another another part of the reason that ballard was looking at these two submarines was to look at future strategies for how to dispose of nuclear material and since it seemed like these subs weren't causing uh you know environmental disaster it gave a kind of a positive indication that we could get rid of nuclear material in the ocean i don't know if that's true or not but that was one of the conclusions of the report Hooray! Yeah. We can put nukes in the ocean. Yeah. Just like we do with all of our trash. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a nuke island out there. Yeah. Just like we have a trash island out yeah. there. That's the start of Godzilla, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll get a Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Big Godzilla, big. Ocean, big. Ocean, make Godzilla big. Big ocean, big Godzilla. Big sexy clouds. Godzilla, son of ocean and clouds. Ocean and clouds make love. Godzilla come out. Ocean and clouds surprise. How Godzilla ocean and cloud make? No one know. Now Godzilla. Ocean and cloud love Godzilla. Godzilla baby. Baby Godzilla. Oh baby Godzilla's rampaging through Tokyo. Oh, we'll get him go. Without us being able to smile and make eye contact, I can imagine that this is going to be atrocious for people to listen to. <laughs> Without us all being like, yeah, yeah, right, eye contact. Get it? Godzilla, ocean, cloud? No, if, if in... It's all a love story. Yeah, that's true. Guys, if you were to name your own submarine, what would you pick? Uh, I'd call it the Hoagie. Oh, I was going to say Hoagie. High five! Ah! And, okay, so I learned about submarine naming conventions during yeah. the course of this. And when you have a new type of submarine... You name the entire series of submarines afterwards after the first one. So the Thresher was the first model of this particular kind of submarine. So every other submarine was then called the Thresher series. So it was like Thresher Dash, whatever the real oh. name was. But because the Thresher um, sunk before it was actually put on a production on. line. Uh, no, it was. They had made many of them before, but they were still doing tests on the first one. So they had to scratch Thresher as the name of the series because it sunk before it could do anything. Um, and now it's all named after Prospect or something was the name of the second one. So now it's the Prospect series. I would probably revise my name to be Cutesy and throw off the enemy by calling it a Sneaky Sinky. Sneaky Sinky. Oh no, looks like we put a lot of bombs on that sneaky sinky. That sinky dink. Is there a sneaky sinky outside of New York? Who knows? Who cares? It's just having a fun time, having a little play date with Godzilla. So I learned another fun fact about submarines. When a sub is lost at sea and it hasn't been decommissioned yet, it's considered eternally on patrol. Oh. Which is sad. So it's a ghost boat. Ghost 
Ghost boat? Ghost boat Ghost on sub. patrol. Cool submarine facts. I think now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. What if they met? What if they met? What if they had met? What if what if they met? 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 They never met. What if they met? These people from history. What if they had met? We think it would have gone like this. Oh no, the backing song's gone. We think it would have gone like this, and it's the end of the song. I'm getting the stretch gesture from Noel. I'm stretching out this song. So what if they had met in history? I'm getting another stretching gesture from Jackie this time. And Noel's doing the other side. It's gonna be some while. What if these people had met? What if they had seen each other? Maybe they would have kissed. Maybe they would have kissed their brother. Who's dressed as a sexy cloud? Who's having sex with clouds? It's a cloud menage a trois between the ocean, Charles and a cloud. And now I'm getting the wrap it up gesture. So this song's done. I hope you enjoy this, cause I know I had a lot of fun. What if they met? That was an acronym, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the name of the scientist boy? Um, his name is U.S. Navy Commander Robert Ballard, and he is also a National Geographic explorer at large. Delightful. So what if Ballard mm-hmm. had met Hatfield? Listen, we're running out of time. We need to find this Titanic. We need a bad storm at sea so we can be like, oh, sorry, General <laughs> Robert Guy, who doesn't like me. What was his name? Uh, Ronald Thunman. Ronald Thunman. He sounds like an evil CEO, <laughs> like a dystopian, like Robert Thunman. He sounds like he has lightning powers. He's the deputy chief of naval ops for submarine warfare. That's that's kind of a villain title. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. They just have Hatfield make it rain in the ocean so they have more time to look. What if they have Hatfield make it rain everywhere but the ocean so it lowers the ocean levels Whoa. so that they have less distance to dive? Because ocean big. And it hard look bottom ocean. Mm-hmm. But I think Robert Ballard was really excited about his technology that he had developed to see Im- this robotic thing to see images of what's on the seafloor. Yeah. Um, so I think he would have been disappointed if there wasn't if ocean was small. If ocean small, yeah. yeah. It hard if ocean small. Yeah. No I... glory if ocean small. Yeah. No. No matter ocean small. Anyone look bottom ocean. Ocean small. Walk ocean. Walk bottom ocean. Pick up fish skeleton. Look, ocean's bottom small. Oh, sand dollar ocean. Octopus looks sad, ocean bottom. Ocean's small. And Max has started taking off his clothes. Ocean's small. I don't know what's going on. Jackie and I are terrified. Ocean's small. (laughs) Max cut part about Max naked. Well, you know, you can deny the truth all you want, but 
I'll just whisper Max is naked Max through is the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so you can't cut it. Max is naked right now. He is naked and he is furious. And he's trying to put on white linens to pretend to be a sexy cloud. He's and it's just, the window. I don't know, Jackie, is it working for you? It's not working for me. I don't feel it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't feel any romantic inclinations towards Max. Sexy uh, cloud as he may be. Max, sexy cloud. <laughs> Max, fuck sky. It's getting out of hand, Jackie. We, we should leave. Let's just leave. Let's leave Max to. Max, no, let leave. Max at doorway. Quick, throw a pillow at him and run. Uh, Max, see pillow. Max, think pillow cloud. Max, angry pillow. Oh, wow. I've never seen a man do that to a pillow. <laughs> Great, so that's going to do it for us this week here on Anachronismo. <laughs> I hope you had as much fun as I, Max, did, uh, dressing up like a cloud and in the sky. And a pillow. And a pillow. And a pillow. And a pillow. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, maybe just tell a friend, what have you. It really helps us grow. We love seeing those reviews. We'll give you a shout out if we see you. Or you can email us at itsanachronismo at gmail.com or... We're on Twitter at at Podcast. That's A-N-A-C Podcast. We'll be back next time with more quality historical content. But until then, I'm Max. I'm Noel. And I'm Jackie. And this has been Anachronismo. Anachronismo over. <laughs> Max is still very naked right now. Jackie, we're going to have to throw those pillows out.